0: You have to learn the stakes here, so we're going to teach
1: you. You don't have to do anything. We'll get you twice the tribute in an hour. Right now is the only time that matters.
2: And right now, you haven't held
0: up your side of the bargain. After we have talked about things over and over again and again.
2: We're gonna deal with all of this.
1: Right now. Right now, isn't Right now. Yeah. Right now.
2: Welcome to fear me. Fear me.
0: Me.
3: Hi, I'm Kim.
2: Stewart and Scott.
3: Thank you for coming back for another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode sixty-four. Scott, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing fine. How are you doing, Kim?
3: I'm good. Had a lot of
1: fun with the with the kidlings this weekend.
3: Yes, thanks for taking them all weekend. That was awesome.
1: No problem.
2: Did you guys survive your winter snowstorm?
1: Oh, yes, we did. It's like yes,
2: Armageddon. we did. I think
1: it lasted. Uh, it came down. It was beautiful, and then melted within two hours.
3: Perfect. Mm. Perfect type of storm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, that's and the advantage of living in the south. In right.
3: Atlanta, all we got was frigid cold air.
2: I didn't. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't see any snow actually at all. Driving all the way up to Charlotte, nothing.
0: That's good. Yep.
2: Yep.
3: Our northern wild. friends are getting their butts handed to them. Yeah, people were still yeah. wrecking
2: all over the place. There's nothing on the ground, but people are still wrecking
1: everywhere. <laughs> They're afraid of the coming <laughs> yeah. storm. So, how are you guys doing? <laughs> good. We're good.
3: We're happy since you had the kids all weekend. We got a lot of stuff done around the house. Mm-hmm. Finally nice. finished unpacking a little bit.
1: Got all rested up. Yeah, just in time for uh,
2: time change. Oh, which yeah. yeah. Which sucks. does suck. I hate suck. that one.
3: Yeah.
1: I want my hour back.
2: What time were you up this morning? What time did you
1: have to get up? Uh, well, I took the day off, but I still got up at 830. Oh, Jeez, okay. oh, <laughs> That's one way to deal with it. Yeah.
3: I think daylight savings time is like, was made just to torture parents of young well, it's, children.
2: It's made to make spring less enjoyable. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I know it makes a
1: lot of things less enjoyable. Yeah, that's true.
3: Anyway, so Scott, what you drinking tonight?
1: I am drinking uh, Brooklyn Defender. It's an IPA by the uh, Brooklyn uh, Brewery up in Brooklyn, New York, if you couldn't guess. And it says it's <laughs> wasn't the thinking that. official beer of the New York Comic Con. What? <laughs> Seriously? How about that? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. It's pretty good. I like it. I like it. I, I've had a couple of Brooklyn's beers and... Uh, and uh, I, I generally like their stuff. This one's really good, though. Good. Mm-hmm. What about you, Stu? What uh, you drinking? Well, I'm drinking one
2: that uh, may be familiar to people that Scott was drinking, uh, I think, maybe a couple weeks back. It's the mm-hmm. uh, Infrared IPA by Full Spectrum Brewery out of Fort Mill, South Carolina, which people might remember was the one that Scott said was right near his house.
3: Righto. Yeah, and it's good. Was he drinking the Infrared? I don't remember. I think so.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's mm-hmm. it's actually very. It's like a. It's very chocolatey.
3: Really, let me taste. Yeah. All
2: right. All chocolate-y? right. Fine. I think that was the one that you're like. It's okay. Ooh, yeah, it's got a, it's got a bit of a punch. It's thick. They do have a pretty um, DIY uh, label on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a the, black can with <laughs> just a sticker label on there, but
3: the letters uh, look like the letters that we use in our logo for Fear Me. Ah. Uh. Don't you think
1: that's true? Well Distressed yeah, that's true. a little bit. So, Kim, what you drinking?
3: I am drinking another North Carolina beer. It's called Man of Law India Pale Ale from Southern Pines, North Carolina, from Southern Pines Brewing Company. And what do you think? It's good. Yeah, I like it.
1: Okay. Who do who do you it's know from smooth. Southern Pines?
3: All of our parents live there.
1: Do, do you taste notes of pine?
3: I do not taste any pine trees in here. You should. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are you supposed to? hmm Really?
2: I don't. If it's a good IPA. It's supposed to be piney.
3: hmm
2: Okay. Notes of
3: pine. Um, It's not bitter or anything. It's pretty smooth. Hey, it actually mm-hmm. gives you pairing ideas. Try with North Carolina barbecue ribs, two-year English cheese, cheddar, and flourless oh. chocolate cake.
2: Wow. Oh, my. Sounding pretty
1: elitist in Southern Pines. That's
3: a lot of information. Maybe
1: so, but it sounded <laughs> damn good.
3: I know. It's this is a really good beer.
1: I like I like a couple of the ones that, that they've done. Um they've got one called uh Moore, I think.
3: For Moore County.
1: I guess. It's good though. Man, that is a great beer.
3: This one makes me worried that you're supposed to follow the law while you're drinking it. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I think it's because has something to do with lawyers. Right, right, right. In Southern Pine. That's that's
2: a good guess there,
1: Scott. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all the week.
3: So Uh (laughs) tonight we are going to be reviewing episode 13, season 7, called Bury Me Here. Mm -hmm. So what did you guys think of last night's episode?
1: I thought it was great. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was Morgan and Richard at their best. It was also time for the kingdom to wake up. I hated losing two really good characters, but it worked well. In the story, you know it's funny. I when I watched the episode the second time, it was like watching The Sixth Sense uh, the second time. You see all the clues mm-hmm. as to what's going to happen in the beginning of this thing, but you don't know it until later. I mean, the whole poignant uh, starting where they're loading the last tribute into the truck, and mm-hmm. you see Ben's yeah. blood or Benjamin's blood there, and you didn't really know it was you didn't know what that was right until later on. Yeah, fantastic. I thought that was a really, really good, and, and and Lenny James knocked it out of the park.
3: As always. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Kim, Kim, what would you agreed.
3: think? Uh, this was my favorite episode of the entire season seven, for real. Yeah, like, I could see that. It was, you know, I had to go back and figure out who wrote the episode because it seemed like previous seasons. We've harked so much on this season's writing skills and the production value with the CGI and all that crap. This episode was, like, going back to Season 4 again. Mm-hmm. It was Scott Gimple, right? It was Scott Gimple, and this is the first one he's written since Episode 1 of Season 7. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
1: So, it's good to get him back in the game. So
2: he, exactly. he's able to bring more of the shock factor to these, I think.
3: It's, well, it's I mean, like a mystery that he puts in there.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, but, I mean, hes I mean, he's in a position where he can, like throw the dice on some, some yeah. pretty big stuff that happens to the characters. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I mean, come on. Morgan going and killing Richard?
1: That was huge.
3: Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, totally that was unexpected. A, a
2: massive uh, shift in what people would think would happen.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, if you'd have told me before the episode that Richard and Benjamin would die in this episode, I may have been like, oh, geez, really? But, I But uh, it worked well. It worked it, really it did, well. It worked very well,
2: but it was still kind of, fucked up. Oh, it was a great. I thought it was a fantastic episode, really. And it was I think the main thing about um, when you're just watching this one for some weird reason. I don't know if it's the mood I was in, whatever. Like I emotionally got involved in this episode with the characters, with many of the scenes that were happening, even at the start during the standoff was like majorly involved emotionally as Mm -hmm. to what was happening. And just like the way that guy delivered it. What was his name? Um Gavin? Gavin. Yeah. His delivery through that entire scene. Oh, without a doubt. Was incredible. Because he was just <laughs> pausing and you're like he wasn't even facing anybody. Yeah. And he was like, Um, all right, it's your decision right now.
3: You need to understand what's yeah, going down. <laughs> you
2: need to understand the gravity of the situation. It's your decision. Are you fighting? Or are you giving up the guns? It was just like, wow. I mean that the whole episode was filled with that kind of stuff. So
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, when he brought it when he said that um well, I'm glad we you gave up the guns because it's going to get emotional now. Oh, I know. Yeah. I was like, oh I shit. Like, oh, you ga- wow. yes, and That's you like-
2: guys, and it, and that was this. I guess the side of uh, Negan that we didn't see out of him before. We always thought of him kind of as the calm character.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
2: right. when he said that, especially when he said that, it's going to get right. emotional right now. Is like, uh oh, fuck. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh I shouldn't have given up the guns. Yeah. But- <laughs> Hope somebody's hiding one. But you know, and that guy, uh, I don't know the actor's name, but um, boy, he was really good in this episode. Um, Yeah, he was. He he really sold the feeling that he, you know, he was doing what he had to do, but he still didn't want it to get too out of hand. Right. And, oh yeah, man, when you saw his face when he turned around and saw that Benjamin had been shot instead of Richard, oh my God, I thought he was going to kill that guy. Yeah. Yeah. It probably would have been good to see him kill that guy, but I, you know what? I have a feeling we'll be seeing Long Hair get killed by somebody pretty dramatically later on.
3: <laughs> yeah, what's his? What's Long Hair's name? Jared. 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 He yeah. reminded me of a punk ass high school kid who mm-hmm. can't be told anything. Mm-hmm.
2: Pretty much. Mm. Pretty much. He's enjoying the power.
3: He is totally. It's going yeah. to his head.
2: Yeah, it's like Scott. He gets in front of that mic. He just he goes to town.
1: Man, it's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and we
2: love every minute. And well, so, that's why you
1: keep telling me, go ahead, start walking. <laughs> go walking now. Don't say a word. No, we're like, no. <laughs> Come back, Scott. <laughs> keep walking.
3: <laughs> All right, so what did you think when you saw the that one lonely cant- cantaloupe going on the truck at the beginning? What, what, was, what was going through your head?
2: My, my first thought was, oh, crap, they're screwed because... Um, I mean, the, the fragileness of their relationship with the saviors is all dependent on what they give the saviors. And uh, when they just put the one cantaloupe on there, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> they must have run out of supplies.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, especially since everybody was so grave. Yeah. About, you know, putting it in there and so forth. I I thought the same thing, Stu. I was just like, oh, my God. But but you know it's funny. Uh, one thing I did think once I once we got into the story and we saw that they were bringing those cantaloupes, I was like, really? Their whole tribute is twelve cantaloupes? They're making that big old trip for twelve cantaloupes.
3: I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. I mean, actually, it's, through
2: it, the ent- entire episode and two afterwards, and we're I'm, I was kind of going back through it mm-hmm. and understanding. Okay, well they must, and I listened to that that clip with the standoff uh, a few times, and. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like they they make a, like, I don't know, a weekly or monthly, whenever they're supposed to be doing this tribute, right. arrangement mm-hmm. of everything that they're going to be giving them. So they do a deal each time of, okay, oh, this yeah. is what we're going to give you this time. Because there's, I mean, there's no other way that they would know, be that specific about stuff. But.
0: Right.
3: It's probably based on, like, what is growing well at that time. Right. And, you mm-hmm. know, what season it is. And they did pigs before.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. But they gave them a shit. They gave them, like, a whole... Time truckload of stuff last time, and now it's 12 cantaloupes. Yeah.
3: so
1: Just 12 cantaloupes. Right.
3: And, you know, when Nabila, Nabila, N- Nabila, I think, when she was talking about the bull weevils and the garden yeah. and how they had to burn the garden, that just By kind way, of... By
1: the way, hilarious scene. Yes. Very hilarious. Yeah, it actually was good. I forgot about that.
3: But that just <laughs> backed up my idea, too, that their crops had failed. Mm-hmm. I mean, here she is saying, we need to get rid of all the crops in this one section right. because they're infested, so... Mm-hmm. But you know it what, it tells me up.
1: also, Kim, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed like the stuff from that uh, garden there was was kept away from the other gardens because maybe that's where they were bringing the tributes from. Well, he because, called it, you know, they called it the Royal want, Garden, right? Right, because they don't want people to know that they're making these tributes. Uh, that's true. That's a good point. So they can't just take it out of the main garden, so it seemed like it was a standalone garden. Over Mm. there,
3: And it was behind White Gates. Did you notice that at -hmm. the end? Yes, yes, Mm -hmm.
1: exactly. But yeah, that that cold open was was really once you got to the end of the story and you thought back to the cold open, you're like, oh, man, that was grave.
3: Yeah. And if you haven't watched it for a second time, I would highly recommend you going back and seeing it again, because there were so many little clues that popped up here and there. Without Throughout the episode that I would have never picked up on and I'll go through them as we're talking, but oh my God, it was like a little video game almost.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the fact that, um, that Carol went to see, she finally got sick of sticking in the house and she went to see Morgan to ask him about what had happened to Alexandria. What, what, what brought her out? Do you think?
3: I think just curiosity mostly. I think that she's she probably knows that Daryl didn't tell her everything, and she wants to hear the truth. But she's also scared to hear the truth because she knows something bad happened if if he's not going to tell her.
1: Is that is that what gave her the nightmare that she woke up from?
3: You know, I think it might have led to it. I think, I think she's just plagued no matter what she's plagued with what the plagued with the things that have happened in her past and about the people that she's had to kill and losing Sophia and her husband, even though he was an asshole. But um, right. I think all of that you know, caught up to her, which is why she wanted to be isolated in that cabin, because she needs to become her own person again and not this maniacal killer that she had right. started to become. And so I think that's what probably gave her her the nightmares. But I think it's also driven her to know the truth. She wants to be there for her friends and she wants to be there to help protect them and and allow them to live the life that she wants to live Mm
1: -hmm. and
3: and uh so that's why she needs to know the truth
1: i thought morgan's response to her was was perfect i mean he was just like hey look you can't have it both ways Mm -hmm. you tell me not to tell anybody you're there you're telling me to keep your secrets and stuff like that and and now you're coming demanding this information that you did not want before He's like, no, 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 no. He said, "I'll take you to Alexandria. We'll get the full story, but I'm not giving it to you."
2: Yeah, no, that was that was actually really well. He, he when he said that, yeah, Daryl can tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'll accompany you. I'll get you there, but Daryl can tell you. And he he like he confronts her with you know questioning. Well, it, didn't you want to get away?
3: Yeah, you got what you want, right?
1: Right. Yeah, I think he was challenging her. He was he was saying to her, you know, enough with your isolationism. Either go be isolated. Right. Or come back here, but don't, you can't have both things. Mm -hmm. And, and why do you think she did not go to Alexandria?
3: Well, again, I think she's scared to know the truth. And I think, I think she's also scared to let go of what she's created in her little isolation realm. You know, if she, if she lets go of that, she's right back into the middle of all the killing. And Mm -hmm. she's not mentally ready to get there yet. Not until she hears about who actually died.
2: Yeah, I think the writers still have some stuff to develop. That's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, got, there's uh, that
3: too. <laughs> I mean, we're, yeah. we're learning from this episode that everybody is very fragile.
2: Yeah, but they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're all turning around. They're all—they're all learning.
3: The that, learning okay, to cope.
2: Yeah, the, yeah. This is the way it's. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, Carol has intentionally kept herself out of the fight, out of knowledge of what's going on so that she wouldn't be in the fight. And uh, now she's uh, she's intentionally trying to figure out, okay, what is going on? I mean, she didn't want yeah, to know in no the first doubt. place, and now she's like, mm-hmm. she's putting clues together and trying to figure out what happened so that Morgan will tell her, even though she's been telling him not to say anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean, you know, she's, she, it's, uh, I guess it's her her nature to figure it out and she's gonna be part of it anyways. It's just she's
1: well she had to she be curious also why Jesus brought them Rick and all to the kingdom. Curiosity kills the cat. Yes.
3: My question with was first of all when we saw Morgan training Benjamin's little brother, how sweet was that? Yeah. He's so nice. And we see him as this like teacher figure and you can kind of almost see the the fatherly Morgan coming out. Mm -hmm. And putting this kid under his wing and, you know, teaching him the things that he needs to learn is almost like uh, almost like Carol was back at the prison.
1: Well, we've seen we saw throughout this episode, the fatherly uh, Morgan come out. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But I will add Carol was not this she was not motherly back at the prison at all. <laughs> she was more she, practical.
2: No. Yeah, yeah, she was but, like hiding what she was actually teaching them. Right, but the line that where the line where he he the he said to the kid, "You, you said that you wanted to hit your brother, and that's why you came to train, but you actually wanted to be your brother." I thought yes. it was pretty He's poignant. Like,
3: nope, you yeah. wanted to be. Your yeah. brother.
1: Also, I thought at that time because I suspected Ben was going to be killed at some point. He was just too sympathetic of a character. Mm-hmm. Um, when I heard that, I was just like. Oh, that's not good.
3: Well, there was a lot of foreshadowing mm. in this episode. Oh yeah, and that, that was, was the one first I caught one. Caught, though, yeah, yeah me that's too. The
1: one I caught. And I was like, um, oh,
3: he's gonna die. <laughs>
2: yeah, I didn't. I didn't well. catch on to that at all.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Never say good things about somebody on The Walking Dead because that means they're dead.
2: I know. <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: <Yeah. laughs> like, I'm too positive. <laughs>
3: or if you have like a coming to Jesus moment, that you're dead.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You're, yeah, your, it's your days all over are my friend. Yeah,
2: stick a fork in them. They're done. Well, except for Father Gabriel because he's been coming to Jesus for a long
3: time. <laughs> You're bad.
1: <laughs> he's He's been pretty much, that's
2: all he does. I, lo- I loved Morgan's
1: line when uh, Benjamin brought in the painting. That oh, God-awful yeah. yeah. Painting. And he goes, I was tired of looking at that nail. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't for the life of me until
2: we watched the uh, Talking Dead after. I had no idea what the hell was on that painting. <laughs>
1: Just like a big square <laughs> yeah. with a circle through like
2: it. a big. Yeah, it was a big circle or something. I was like, what the hell is that? Well, it was a
1: bullfighter with a circle and a line Slash across three. it.
2: And I hate to say it, they on the Talking Dead, that they, they had a little tagline underneath that said it took somebody 32 hours to paint this. I was like, and it
3: was painted on velvet.
2: Yeah. Well, hey, man, anything painted on velvet's classy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Especially really when you put it, a black light on it. But it really it. takes you that long.
3: <laughs> I wonder if Morgan, if uh, Lenny James has that hanging at his house.
1: No, they gave it away. They did? Yeah, they gave it away on the sh- on so the talking bear. I know afterwards? that's
3: the real one though.
1: Yeah, they said it is. They did? Yeah. All right, Good I believe them. you, Scott. And someone's going to put it up in their garage and someone's going to look at it and go, "What the hell?" So, it's about the size of a
3: dartboard. Benjamin is super <laughs> attracted to Carol, not in a weird uh-huh. way, but like in a way where he wants to learn from her. Yes. Like, learn skills. But Carol seems to always have like a following of children wherever she goes. She's like the Pied Piper of the zombie apocalypse. Why do you think that is? She she's, doesn't seem like the very motherly type. She
1: she looks like the motherly type, though. I mean, she, yeah, she when totally you does. look at her, you think she's going to be a mother. A, a suburban you know? mom. I mean, well, I mean, she um,
2: plays that part all the time. She's baking crap all the damn time. And I mean, mm-hmm, you'd think she'd, mm-hmm. she'd be good at making children. cookies and Yeah, but Benjamin doesn't know that and, side of her. No, but she still looks that like that part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's I mean, he's attracted to her. He's going towards her um, because she's outside the walls and she and, and she's, she's living on her own. Yeah. She's the only approachable person that he knows besides like Jesus, possibly that is, is living outside on her own. And he's seen her in the forest and she's she's completely well, knows, comfortable.
1: Right. He knows he has confidence in her skills. And that's what he wants to learn. You know, he's getting skills from Morgan, but but he also recognizes the uh, fierceness of Carol and the way she's able to protect herself and so forth that he wants to learn about, <laughs> Which, too. obviously,
2: okay, that, that was kind of ridiculous. She's sitting in a tree, and then there's, like, a line of walkers just walking at her, and she's just standing there, not even moving the sign, <laughs> like, and they're just walking in. Up. It's like, yeah, all right, Butterheads, up. line up. Line up. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was kind of silly. And they're like, wow, how does she do that? <laughs> like, well,
1: she sits still with a sharp object.
0: <laughs> Just exactly. jammed it out their head.
1: <laughs> well, maybe made me think, you know, you know, they're amazed that she got five walkers. I'm kind of thinking to myself, the slow as those things go, how yeah, exactly. hard is this?
3: That's exactly what Stuart said. He's like, these people should be killing zombies left and right if they're moving that slow. Yeah. Yep. That's true. We've said that many times.
2: Okay, but then uh, okay, next we saw um, correct me if I'm wrong. We saw her walking. Or no, we already saw that part. What? With her going to Alexandria?
3: She was, was at that, Alexandria when that But
2: happened? she okay, wait, she killed that one walker though. Oh. on the ground and it was and she left it alive. Yeah, she was heading to the kingdom. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, she was heading to the kingdom. And then um on the way back she sees that same walker dead.
3: Yes, mm-hmm. with a big old gash in his head. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm. And somebody's watching her.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And we would find out later on that that was Richard.
3: Richard reminds me so much of the governor with the way he really? looks.
1: Yeah. Oh, the way he looks.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. His, yeah. his stature and stuff, his, yeah, his uh, facial structure. And so he, can, he definitely looks like him. But also no, but kind of guy, his demeanor guy, uh, a little bit. He,
1: he does a great job. I mean, Richard's just in pain. I mean, he's just in pain all the time. Yeah. You can tell. And... Um, and the the actor did a fantastic job with him, um, throughout that episode. I mean, geez, you no, know, even the we're you know we see him digging that grave to begin with, right? Yeah. And uh, and I guess that's his daughter's backpack, right?
3: The the backpack really got me because I kept telling Stuart that was hanging in the RV on the closet door. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did it get there? Because like at first we didn't know who's digging the grave, right? Right. And I was like. Thinking, well, as
1: soon as I saw Katie, I knew who was digging the grave.
3: But it was like, well, did somebody go in there and grab that? Why would they do that? Why would they stash it there? But it became very clear. And then at the end, I was thinking, gosh, is she actually buried there? If he wanted no. to be buried next to her, maybe?
1: No, I think she was. She's long well, gone.
2: I mean, that was the weird thing. I like. I didn't catch until the very end was that that was where he wanted to be buried, mm-hmm. which I mm-hmm. I was confused mm-hmm. by that because he's got the big arrow of shopping carts that's pointing at it, and it says right. "bury me here," and even it that even Ezek-
1: you? <laughs> Well, who bury who? I I know. All right, thanks. I thought the I thought the way you know when Richard has that. That one-on-one with Morgan, where he's talking about, you know, how he thinks Morgan's a good man. Mm -hmm. Sorry that they had a bad relationship and so forth. You know, throughout the episode, you knew Richard was going to sacrifice himself. I mean, that just seemed to be the big play that was coming. I
2: I didn't know that he was going to sacrifice himself. I knew mm -hmm. that he was, like, ready for war. I knew he was ready for a fight and ready to die kind of thing, but not necessarily. He was sacrificing himself at that point. So when you saw bury me here on that sign, you knew that that's where Richard was going to be buried. Yeah. Man, you are insightful.
1: Thank you. Well, thank you. It's pretty good. No, I mean, seriously, (laughs) I did. I mean, I I was, when I was watching it, I could tell, you know, that, you know, well, I also had the advantage of seeing the preview to know that they're going to have a confrontation at the drop-off. Yeah, right. Okay. And it just seemed to me the way Richard, as as he was talking to Morgan and so forth, that he was kind of saying goodbye. Mm. Yeah, I thought that and, too. And so when they ran in, you know, when they first saw the shopping carts, I didn't think it was Richard. No, you know, I I thought maybe the, the uh, saviors were pulling something on him. But when they showed the grave and so forth, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. okay, I, I can see that.
2: Yeah, because he was, I mean, he, he, was, he was going more or less to set things straight with Morgan because mm-hmm. he was right. apologizing for how they didn't get along. And I can see that. And that's was, true. And that's he true. was also
1: telling him, you know, it's time for you to get ready. Yeah, right. Stuff's coming, and, and you're going to have to do something about it. Which he'd and been, I that was, to, uh, when
2: he was, he was saying all that other stuff, and when he said that at the end, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's the same old Richard, because the the starting mm-hmm. point of that dialogue, I thought he was actually, I don't know, just Coming like, to
1: Morgan's side on things. Yeah, in something. a way, oh, yeah.
2: in a way, you yeah. know, uh, but yeah. then, like, at the end, he's like, well, he, things are going to change, and, mm-hmm. you know. You don't be well, surprised. He said,
1: you know, he said, the day's coming when you can't be good. He says, yeah. don't beat yourself up about it. Right. And that became very prophetic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the,
2: the um, sparring between those two during the whole episode was actually really well done.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I did think the big arrow was pretty cool. It was. It was. That I was, hope, like,
3: ingenious. I hope
1: most people caught that. I mean, it was
2: pretty It was pretty obvious, but uh, that was...
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But it was, it was just... That was the thing that was, like, weird to me was that he pointed at that grave, yet he was blocking traffic. So I guess, did they see that it was a big arrow when they're standing down there? Because, you know, when you're in the perspective of, like, two stories up where the camera was, yeah. yes, you see right. that. But when you're standing mm-hmm. in the street, do you see that?
3: Well, the thing about Richard in that scene which was also very prophetic, was the fact that he was the one that was taking up the rear. And he was the one who kept saying, all right, we're going to move over towards this building now. And Benjamin, get your guns up, get your guns up. And like Mm -hmm. he was directing traffic the entire time. And he was moving them in the direction of the arrow. And then when they come upon, uh, come around the side of the building and they see the grave, he's still standing at the back. And they flash on his face, and there's no emotion whatsoever. Well, yeah, Jerry
2: right. ran over there first, I think. I mm-hmm. think you saw more cobbler mm-hmm. over there, possibly. Cobbler or burger. Jerry
3: and his cobbler. God, he's cute.
2: <laughs> that, uh, before, uh, we, we didn't mention that part. That was one of the, my favorite lines, though. When they're, mm-hmm. like, sitting there, and he's like, all right, let's gear up. Ezekiel's trying to get everybody to, like, all right, let's take off and take our tribute. And they're like, leave the cobbler. And Jerry's, like, sitting there with, like, like oh, e-. really? <laughs> he's like, Jerry, just come on.
3: But but the but King Ezekiel's face went from being very stern and angry to like, oh Jerry, it's fine. I'm smiling. It's how, fine. How are you
2: gonna say anything? That dude's huge and he's cute. Or, so I mean, what are you gonna say to him?
0: And he's he's got adorable. A, he's
2: got a battle axe. He's got a battle axe, but yet he's adorable. <laughs> he likes his cobbler. You want to mm-hmm. keep that
1: man stout? Let him eat this his cobbler. This is true. This mm-hmm. is true.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
1: well, so they make it to the rendezvous, but they're late
0: mm -hmm. and
1: we come to find out they're one cantaloupe short, which Gavin has to make a point of because he's, you know, ultimately he's trying to show who's in charge. If the order is not perfect, someone's going to suffer for it. Someone has got to pay. Yep. And he full, and he was fully expecting it was going to be Richard.
3: What's the deal with Gavin. This man I mean. has perplexed me since we first met him. He's one of the saviors, mm-hmm. heavily influenced by Negan,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but
3: yet he gets mad at Jared for doing what he did.
2: Because he doesn't want. He, I mean, he doesn't want to screw the situation up. That's what he was saying at the start. He's like, "It's it's becoming increasingly tense, and I don't like tense. That's why I right.
1: wanted this route. That's that's why yeah, I so go that's this why route. I took this assignment. Ah. Yeah, because." He's smart. He's he's surviving. He's surviving in this world. He's surviving in Negan's camp by doing what he has to do. But he's he's a realist and he's trying to, you know, he doesn't want to have war with these people. I mean, you know, if let's look at it, if I were in his shoes, I'm coming up to an armed camp to make a a transfer or pick up tribute. OK, I have to look like I'm in charge. I actually, you know, I got to piss off some people. But at the same time, they're, they got guns. I don't need to start a skirmish there mm-hmm. and so forth. So I have to. he's constantly having to take control of the situation. And the guy is evidently smart, you know. And
3: Jared's just a thorn in his Okay, eye. the
2: other side of it is that he is one of Negan's guys. He's one of his mm-hmm. lead guys. So yep. if he got back that he did not follow through with their... Intention exactly you know, for for them not delivering. If if it got back that he did not kill someone, hurt, maim, hurt someone, whatever that the saviors normally do, mm-hmm. then he might get shit when he gets back from Negan.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So and then that's and could be the iron. The only problem that has ever been with at least from our viewpoint, the only problem they've ever had was when they go and meet, and this Jared asshole starts talking picking shit. Yeah, picking a fight with Richard or whoever mm-hmm. else might be calling him a prick. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. When Benjamin called him yes, a rat-faced prick. So you don't think yeah.
3: when Jared walks all the way back to the to um to the sanctuary that that Negan's not going to you know be pissed?
1: Oh, and there may that may well be the case. It depends on what Gavin wants to bring to Negan. Yeah, but, but of know. course Gavin has a case at that point. He, mm-hmm. I mean, the
2: guy stepped over his bounds and didn't do what he was saying, or didn't do what
1: um they, what Gavin would want him to do.
2: Okay, and he killed. Oh, well, he's the a wrong loose
0: guy. cannon.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure he's not bringing him back for the next tribute exchange. No, possibly not. But yeah, I mean, you know, the guys, the guy's out of control. Um, he's just, you know, sadi- sadistic son of a gun.
2: But that, I mean, that whole scene when they, you know, when he's like, um, yeah, I, I just counted in your, you know, you're off
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and he, and Ezekiel's like, no, you you know, count it mm-hmm. again. Count again. Correct. Cause I know it, I know it's right. And he's like, you come count it. <laughs> and it's like the whole time you've got like this, dung, 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 like music in the background
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it's just, oh right. man, that was intense. That whole scene was intense and slow. Yes. And deliberate, and yeah, it was it was very well done. Did you
1: notice? I don't know if you noticed it, but when they all got out of the truck and they were standing there, and I can't remember what Gavin said said something that made them all raise their guns at each other. That uh, Richard was the only one who didn't raise a gun.
3: Because that's Mm. when he said when they first got out of the truck.
1: Uh huh. And they they first first had the. When they first had the confrontation...
3: Well, the thing he said was, now give us all your guns, and that's when they put all their guns up, and Ezekiel right. was but like, you know that's th- not part of the deal.
1: Right, but Richard didn't raise his gun. I
3: did not notice that.
1: He was the only one who did not raise his gun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he for to Richard, the plan was working.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, he, he was going to sacrifice himself. Unfortunately, he had, he had that uh, sadistic uh, Jared he was dealing with. Yeah. And... Jared decided to be really ugly and killed the kid instead. He didn't intend to kill the kid. I mean, he shot him. Well, do you? Yeah.
2: What is the reason you think he shot him? Was it because of the comment? Yeah, I think the only reason he
3: shot him was because he made that comment about being a prick.
2: And I mean you gotta think. Richard stands up, puts his face in his in the in the muzzle.
3: Oh, he's ready to die. Yeah, he
2: was ready. He was he yeah. wanted
1: it. Well, he, he wanted tell. it too yeah. much. He said, just do it. Yeah. And that's when Jared decided, no, I'm gonna do it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. This guy wants me to do it, I'm not gonna do it. If I if Richard had kept his mouth shut, he would have been the dead guy. That Jared guy seems like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be fun to watch go down.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: You
1: know, one of my favorite, maybe in a wood chipper, like Fargo,
2: (laughs) one of my favorite parts of that whole scene was when um, Ezekiel asked for (laughs) Morgan's stick back. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, really? He's like, give Morgan his stick back. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Well,
3: even. uh... Oh, that was later on when Gavin said that, too.
1: Never mind. Well, you know, after after yeah, they fun- yeah, right, when he found out that Ben was dead, he, he he told that guy to give him the or no, he had actually given him the stick back already, didn't he? No, at that no. B- once once Benjamin got shot and he got pissed
2: mm-hmm. at Jared, he was like that was when Ezekiel and all them were like trying to help Benjamin. They're you know, trying right. to stop him from bleeding. They're like, We have to get him back somewhere and get this blood and take care of or get his leg taken right. care of and he's and that's when Gavin was like, no, oh, no no, hold on. Give this man a stick back. Jared, you can start fucking walking. And um Well that was that
1: no that was later on. That was later on because remember, he it wasn't until they found out the kid was dead that Jared was to, sent on a walkabout. Oh, uh, okay, you're right. Eric. Right, okay. That's true. But Anyways. he just said, you know, he 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 was like he had to get them to say that. that but he but he
2: made them promise they would come back the next day with, with the rest of the with tribute. The tribute, yeah,
1: yeah, right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. What did you think about Jerry taking a a stick to the face? That was not. Oh, cool. Oh
3: yeah, man, I forgot about that.
1: That was
2: un. Don't interrupt the king. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was. Uh, you oh. know, they're they they're getting pretty ballsy there.
3: I was actually thinking Jerry shut
2: up.
0: I was up. thinking. <laughs>
1: yeah, to <right>. get shot. <laughs> that's fact, what I was I, thinking. I
2: think we had someone on the, our Twitter account say Jerry shut up
0: <laughs> because that's what Ezekiel always
2: says. <laughs> Jerry shut up.
0: <laughs> um, Jerry. Yeah.
2: yeah,
1: Jerry Jerry caught one to the skull because of that. I thought it was I thought it was a really incredible scene that they had when they got Benjamin back to Carol's house.
3: <gasps> oh, right, right, right.
1: As they tried to save his life, um, that was that was a uh, that was pretty gripping that that moment. Because you know when they went away from it, you didn't know that 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 Ben had died. It wasn't until they went back and you saw the sheet over him.
3: Oh, it was pretty um, evident that he died.
2: Yeah, when they had like, like their like, blood just kind of slowly dripping from the table and you're like okay yeah yeah, no one's moving it's done
1: but i did i thought what did you think though what that uh ben met was saying though when he said to to morgan he says you know to injure your opponent is to injure yourself what was i mean what was he what was he saying to morgan with that was he saying um you know hey this is what happened when you live like that i thought he said be
3: true to yourself
1: was that what he said
3: yeah i think he said be true to yourself
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe but I I'm got
3: it not wrong. 100% I, sure. It was I, hard to hear
2: him. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't catch the first line of what he said, but it, it did sound like he said, be true to yourself or something at the end, but.
1: Okay. I, I thought no, he was I, repeating I,
2: that line that, that Morgan had given him earlier. It might have been. Um, I watched it twice and I had a hard time hearing in the first part.
3: Yeah, it was. Yeah. But I thought it was, no matter what he said, it was sweet because that he respects Morgan. Oh, yeah. And. And maybe he does see him as a father figure, but he definitely respected him enough to want to learn from him and to, um, you know, uh, take guidance from him, basically. And
1: then and then that's when Scary Morgan comes out. Scary Morgan makes his, ap- his appearance at that point. Is that when he
3: started freaking out
2: after yes. he left? Yeah, house, and yeah. started going through
1: like all the flashbacks
2: and stuff like that. Yep. But real quick, yep. before
3: we leave that scene, that whole scene we reminded me flashbacks now. That whole scene reminded me of when Carl got shot in season two Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and they
3: rushed him back to Herschel's farm or rushed him to Uh Herschel's farm and Mm -hmm. threw him inside the house, basically, and just started doing all these medical things on him.
2: Mm. It was like almost
3: the exact same thing. Again, another little boy, too. Well,
2: when they yeah, when they put the uh, gauze on him and all of a sudden there was that much blood coming out. It's like, yeah, he's he's not. And he's all pale looking. And
3: you could just tell by looking at Carol's face. She's like, oh, no bad stuff yeah yeah and she looks really sad
2: yeah it's it sucks i mean it was an extremely emotional scene i tell you
1: what it also showed you what a great leader uh ezekiel is too because he, well because he was he was still able to keep himself together mm-hmm. you know he 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 practically considered ben as his, his son yeah um but yet he still was more concerned about morgan at that point because mm-hmm. he told Morgan, he says, don't go anywhere. Stay here. And and of course, Morgan was out of there because Morgan had gone to uh, uh, clear me land. Yeah. La la land.
3: I thought it was funny, though, that when Morgan was leaving the house, he left the door wide open, which I told Stuart. I was like, that's an invitation for somebody to follow him. He did not slam yeah. the door to close himself but off you, from everybody. You were
2: hoping Carol was going to. Yes, get out there. I was
3: like. Carol is like one of his best friends. Like, go to him. I think they were all in shock.
2: She
1: had something in the oven, probably.
3: (laughs) She was baking a casserole.
1: Well, I think they also saw in Morgan that this is not a time to be around this man.
3: Yeah. But Carol's different. Like, she understands what he's going through. And she's been with him for a really long time and has seen him. Possibly. That's why why
1: Carol didn't do that. Because Carol has been through this. And Carol didn't want anybody to be around.
3: Oh, that's true. She
1: went through that. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, so she recognized it and stayed away. And then he freaks out and freaks out until he
2: finally almost cuts his wrists until he finally kicks over that uh, recycling bin that had the cantaloupe under it. Yep. And finds the cantaloupe, and then he goes and deals with our friend Richard, Mm -hmm. which was a great scene except for the fact that I think they talked about it on The Talking Dead where Richard had tons of lines the entire time. Four pages. Yes, where he was just like talking and talking. Mm-hmm. and Morgan was just standing there going,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: like it wasn't. <laughs> oh, he, didn't, he didn't say one thing. I probably would have stopped during my diatribe at once. Just be like, do you have anything to say?
3: Well, you could see I don't that know, he man. had something to say behind <laughs> his eyes. He didn't have to he, say he, anything. He
1: went through. He went through a world of emotions. He sure on that did. Face, you could see it happening. At least smack him he did so much more without saying any words than he probably could have by saying words. I think
3: you could tell that he started out really pissed off. And then when, well, he was not
1: just pissed off, but he was in, he was in raged clear land. Yeah. You know, he was in, he was a little bit crazy, but fucking clear.
3: But when (laughs) Richard started talking about how he lost his wife and how he lost his daughter, you could see the emotion change on his face where he was like, well, shit, man, I feel sorry for you now. Yeah. But he was still pissed off, but he was like, fuck, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you've been through the same thing that I went through. It was
2: a great scene. I just feel like the dialogue just extended a little long. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was very well done between both actors. mm -hmm. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. just like, you kept going back. They kept going back to Morgan. I think that's where it was like, they didn't need to do that.
3: To his Uh, face? Yeah.
1: They didn't need to keep showing him. Sure
3: they did. Well, I think,
1: I do think, and I think I even texted you at the time, uh, too much, too much talking, Richard. Yeah, it was. It was. A I bit. think he was. Uh, he was. He sold his story great, and then, then he killed himself by talking about how he was yeah. going to lead them to victory and so and forth. Exactly. He I lost totally all agree. his remorse. He lost all his remorse for Benjamin. Yeah. He's like, well, here's how we turn this and use it in our favor. And all I was thinking when he was saying that is was like, dude, that's not the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, give it a day. Talk to him tomorrow right.
2: about that. Like.
1: Mm-hmm. Fucking get you got the shit off.
2: Um, you know, you're apologizing. Don't try and turn it into like okay, let's go get him now. Like, the no, war he sealed champ, his fate, he sealed his fate at that point. That was mm, too bad. Yeah, I liked Richard a lot. I did too. Great character, very sympathetic. And I, you know, honestly, yeah, I mean, he, he was being very noble in his original intention, and mm-hmm. which is what he was explaining, you know, like he. He was going out there to sacrifice himself to get them, which as an audience, I'm like, hell yeah, get them involved. Let's mm-hmm. fight the saviors now. And he, he, he went out there, let himself die, get this going. It didn't go right. He's apologizing for it. He gave his reasoning for why he was doing it because he did not act fast enough when his own family died. Yep. And then he's like, OK, let's use this in our favor. And it's like, ah, oh, dude, you idiot. Uh, anyways, yeah.
1: it was... Get the sympathy, live with that for a little while, then come back with the, with the practical. At the
2: same time, though, when they go and meet with the Saviors after that, mm-hmm. and Morgan strangles him,
1: yeah, that was shocking. I couldn't believe oh, that he was actually going to do that. When he walked up and hit him with the stick, I thought he was going to yeah. go up and hit Gavin. Right. I thought he was walking up to smack Gavin, or knock him out like uh, Rashon took Rick out that one time when Rick
2: was going crazy. Mm-hmm. But not strangle him and kill him. That was like over
1: the top. I oh, don't know. Yep. Well, it was you know it was parched it was partially uh, crazy Morgan too. Yeah, crazy crazy Morgan was back, and um, he kind of lost control I think in some respects. But then he whipped it right back into control and used that. As his reason to get um, the saviors to trust them again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, he did. He played it right. Yep. He played. He played Richard's plan. You know, Richard's plan was to get them to trust him again, and then they would kill him. He just figured a better way.
3: When do you think Morgan made that decision to kill him? Right then and there, or did he plan it beforehand?
1: I think he was going to wait and see if Morgan actually said anything. I mean, not Morgan, if Richard Richard actually said anything to Ezekiel about what happened.
3: That's what I was thinking, too. As soon as he said, no, I'll do it later. It was like, Mm -hmm. in my head, it's like, okay, everything that has just happened has gone to Richard's head. Now he's feeling the power Mm -hmm. and the superiority over what he just did and got away with. And he thinks he can do it again. And now uh, Morgan has to take him out before he has that chance.
1: Yeah, and getting back to that confrontation with between Morgan and Richard, I mean, it, it went from, you know, crazy Morgan, angry Morgan showing up, Richard getting his sympathy, and then Richard starts talking about how how they could use this to their advantage and how he'll lead them to victory and right. so forth, and angry Morgan's back.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, his face when he left out of there was just like, are you out of your mind? I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And I think I even texted at the time, I said, "I think I think Morgan's still going to kill Richard yeah and uh so yeah I think he was you know I think he left the window a little open that if uh Richard had admitted his guilt to the setting up that that thing that he might have uh not done it, but as soon as Richard tried to deceive him or tried to put it off, I think Morgan made up his mind at that point i think also i think also he was it was um i think also watching Gavin dealing with uh jared and then you know not really saying anything you know once he dealt with jared he came back around to start talking about the tribute and so forth like that i think that's when morgan went over the edge say that again yeah i didn't follow that one he didn't you know he knew that that um that it wasn't enough of 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 a feeling that, you know, people should feel bad about what happened to this kid. Mm-hmm. And just because Jared gets sent away, I mean, you half expected Gavin to turn back to Richard and say something about, that's a shame about the kid or something like that. Instead, he turns back around and goes, so did you, you know, it's good that you brought the tribute. like oh, that. I, I think that's what, yeah. I think yeah. that's what. Uh, he
3: wasn't remorseful. Well, he was remorseful about the kid, but he didn't express that.
1: Right. And I think that set Morgan off, too. Yeah. Cuz you know, it was right then as soon as Richard started talking, that's when Morgan started trumping up there to to pop him.
3: Well, getting back to what you were just talking about with Richard, that is another example of why Richard reminds me of the governor because if you'll remember, especially if you read the books, the the Woodbury series, um mm-hmm. it it's all about how the governor started out as this nice normal man who right. ended up becoming this tyrannical dictator In because he thought he was doing something good for the people. He always mm-hmm. thought he was doing something good for the people, but then it started going to his head because he had all of this power. Unlike Negan, who is just, like, crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, he's just, yeah, right, exactly. He's sadistic,
3: yeah. And you can see Richard kind of going down that path. Like, he's doing something to get them Out from underneath the thumb of the saviors and Negan, and he's doing it for good reasons. He's got a good heart behind it, and he means well. But it suddenly, you can see that it's slowly starting to get to him that suddenly he's got all this power. He got away with something pretty damn big, and he could probably do it again. And and you know, he if 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 King Ezekiel doesn't eventually go along with what he's thinking when it comes to fighting whoever seems to be in their way, he could easily take over or try to take over.
1: Mm. Well, I, you know, I, I do see one big difference though, between the two. Um, I mean, I do think that the governor was a sociopath and, you know, because he would, he would do whatever was needed to done, needed to be done to, you know, further the community at all and further himself, um, and would not feel guilty about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think Richard was desperate. I think Richard was different in that he was actually so desperate with his situation that he would try anything. I don't think the governor was ever desperate. I think the governor was just a sociopath. I think he had no right or wrong compass. um, And, you know, he felt no remorse for anything he did. I mean, that whole scene where they come upon, you know, those soldiers in the field, uh, the governor and his people, and then he just gun them down. You know, for no no good reason. But that's
3: much further in the progression of the governor. Well, like right, I'm talking right. about the very early stages uh-huh. when he is still the right. normal guy. Right.
2: Yeah. He's. I mean, he's. There's. There's no ill intent in what he's trying to do. And but I, I don't think that he's trying to take power. Because I mean, I, I think with Richard, he um when he was dealing with Daryl, mm-hmm. he was there. He was trying to go a back route way. Of getting Ezekiel to change his mind, yeah and which is which is what he did here, he was trying to set it up mm-hmm. so that they had no other choice but to fight the saviors, because that was his methodology was to go after the saviors because they were too fragile mm-hmm. they you know uh, the the, thing, uh, the the deal they had with it with them was too fragile to right. to keep going
1: and richard Richard had tried all the other avenues he could try to To get people to convince Ezekiel that they had to go to war, and he saw only one way to do this was to go to war. So he was desperate, and and I th- you know and I I Richard still had a conscience, you know he just was so desperate that that things were getting in, in mixed up in his head. Um, but I mean I, I see your point in that it would
2: get mixed up in your head. I mean it's you know it's. Even if you're trying to do this for the better good, you know, sometimes, you know, the the situation gets confused, especially yeah. with how much <laughs> negative it is surrounding them constantly.
0: Right.
3: Well, the thing that got to me, too, was that after Morgan killed Richard and he's telling everyone the story right in front of the saviors, mind you, which I was mm-hmm. like, save this for later when they're not around. But OK, I can see kind of why you're doing that. Mm-hmm. But um, why would anyone believe what Morgan is saying? Because Richard's no longer there to defend himself or to agree with, yeah, I did that, and this is why I did that. But why would King Ezekiel, of anyone, say, oh, okay.
2: I agree with you on that because he did seem like it was like, oh, well, that's why you just strangled someone yeah. in front of me. <laughs> that was like my right-hand yeah. man, my favorite
3: soldier. You yeah, just killed it him. was.
2: it was, it was pretty, a pretty brutal act to happen in front of you, and then you give, like, an explanation, right? Well, hey! He was, like, he was. He set it all up. Yeah. Because, you know what? Morgan
1: could have set the whole damn thing up. That's right. But it was definitely, I mean, he had to say it in front of the saviors, though, so that they would know that this guy caused this plot. It wasn't that, that the kingdom wanted to have a confrontation. It was with this guy. Yeah, I understand. He had that. to win their win their trust back. But you know, I mean, Morgan's story was was pretty believable. Yeah. I mean, and yes, you know, I mean I, he
2: had he the whole reason he even killed Richard in front of him was that he was trying to prove in a pretty dramatic way, listen, yeah, we're still behind you. Right. Which at that time I was like, ah, oh, goddammit, it. you freaking cock this again, Morgan. <laughs> like, would you no. fight? the king or would you fight the saviors for god's sake no. but he but was stalling for time yeah he was stalling for time he was he was trying to make sure that they they believed him mm-hmm. that there was no doubt okay we're mm-hmm. on board we're gonna get you your chair beat next time so
1: yeah i mean he agreed with
2: richard's plan yep it just he just took it a different way yeah well he'd already said he was gonna
1: sacrifice himself so what the hell why not right mm-hmm. <laughs> so so now he's uh he's often off on his own wanting to uh Wanting to uh, kill them on, a, you know, one at a time, which I hope doesn't happen. I don't want, I don't want to lose Morgan out there on his own individual story, going after them. I want him to be with the group when they deal with this.
3: Yeah. So, so do you think he's going down that road, or do you think that Carol saved him? It's hard to say. I don't know. Uh, she didn't do much. All she did was offer him up a cottage. By himself. Like he has to now deal with those emotions by himself in isolation. That's very difficult to do.
2: What's the phrase they were using about the cottage? You can go away, but don't go away.
3: You can go, but not go. You can go and not go. Here, Here
2: here is not actually here.
3: Here is not here.
1: (laughs) I think she was saying to him, this is where I worked out my demons. You need to stay here and work your own demons out. She
3: wasn't as quite into crazy town as he is at the moment, though. No. No. I mean like no. he I'm I would be afraid of what he's capable of doing no. at this moment in time. Cuz he's all, oh, yeah. he's very he's very close to the edge going off into la la land. <laughs> Don't yeah, you think? He is. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's already exhibited it. I mean, he's there. You know, and um I think I tell you what, I would have called this episode Stick to spear exactly <laughs> I mean really yeah, you know when you see him at the end carving on this on his stick you
2: know that's well, you know that was that's poignant. actually Scott because you texted that you said staff is now a spear mm-hmm. and then right after that they started the yeah, talk, right. the talking dead yeah, and Hardwick said the exact same thing that's true <laughs> that's right that was perfect I forgot about that staff is now a spear
3: and so he's still stuck on Dwayne and his wife. Yeah. Uh-huh. And actually mentions Dwayne's name
0: uh-huh.
3: accidentally when he's talking about Benjamin dying. I mean, it's obvious he's never gotten over this and he probably never will. But uh-huh. can we really trust Morgan again? Like, we, it I mean, it seemed like he had gotten to a happy place, a mellow place, uh-huh. and it just took one kid dying to push him over the edge. Oh, that's why. Was he- it the kid dying or was it the. Well, it's because he he put himself out
1: there with this kid. I mean, it was the one thing that Morgan has not done is he's not really, even when he was in Alexandria, he's not really established relationships with people.
0: Mm -mm. Yeah, He's
1: kept to himself. He's been very cold to everybody in a lot of respects. He
0: invested
2: Um, himself with that kid enough to where the kid's brother was even wanting to be training with him. And he was like, sure. That's true.
1: So he was starting to feel those parallels with his son. And... um. And that's what set him over the edge. Yeah. Because it was, you know, his son dying was the whole thing that made him crazy to begin with. Yeah. So here he is, you know, losing yet another, in quotation marks, son um, that pushed him over again.
2: Although I have to say, Scott, you might get your wish from a few mm-hmm. podcasts ago where you said that someone was going to go out and start clearing or taking out outposts.
3: Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy Morgan? Yeah,
2: Crazy Morgan. Hmm. Could be. You didn't Could say be. clear at that time, but I'm going to give you that.
3: <laughs> Too kind. <laughs> Too kind. No,
1: no I, I was expecting at some point someone's going to start taking these uh, groups out. We were hoping Ezekiel was going to do it. But...
3: Incidentally, we found out recently that uh, the woman who plays Morgan's wife in the show uh-huh. works at our uh-huh. real estate uh-huh. office. Oh, yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The people who bought and sold our house.
1: How weird is that?
3: I know. She works for Keller Williams.
1: <laughs> How about that? I guess I guess the acting didn't work out.
3: I think she does it on the side. That was, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, it was like seven years ago. She you was know, a good heart? zombie.
3: She was. She was a very good zombie.
2: They're like, oh, uh-huh. yeah, she works in the office. We're like, what the yeah, hell are you doing? They showed us her picture that? and everything.
3: We're like, <laughs> really? Oh my you have God. a zombie working <laughs> here?
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> She's eating a leg in the back. <laughs>
1: Well how's her sales?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Lots of vacancies.
1: <laughs> exactly. So we get we get uh Carol coming back to the kingdom. Um where she, you know, looks back up with uh Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Right, in the okay. garden. Let's get prepared for war.
3: Well, no, wait. Yeah. Now, this is after Morgan tells her what actually happened at Alexandria. Oh, yes. Right, oh, right, yeah, right, right, that's right, right. That's a, good that's a yes, huge That's yes, very moment. important.
2: Why is that yep. huge? We all knew that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. It oh was my God. <laughs> yeah, because she didn't want to know, and now oh now But now, all know. of a sudden,
3: he's like, fuck it. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly well, what happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, he went all <laughs> kung fu fighting yeah. on, on all the walkers, yes. and then... And then he shows up to uh, to tell her all about Morgan what had happened at in in Alexander. No <laughs> He's
2: like, screw it. Here's what happened.
3: You got to know. I mean, mm-hmm. okay, so why? Why did he tell her?
2: I don't know. I wanted him to just, like, at the end, like, throw it down and be like, and Daryl's
1: dead too, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he hasn't come back yet. <laughs> no, he, was, he was fed up. He was just like, enough of this trying to protect her, you know? this is what happened. Get off your ass. Yep. Cause he said, you know, he was telling her, he said, I'm just letting you know, I'm saying goodbye. This is uh this is what you need to know because you need to get active. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm out of here.
3: Yeah. That's kind of how I saw it too. And the fact that he, you, there's no way to know when Daryl or anybody else could come back again. Mm-hmm. And it might be a really long time before she knows about it. And it kind of proves that he agrees with what Richard was thinking. Yeah. Now, uh-huh. like he didn't now. think this earlier. But. You know,
2: the the part that I'm just thinking about now that we're discussing this is that I think the thing that maybe struck a tone with him was he said, I didn't act. And that's why my family was dead.
3: Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And
2: now he's like, screw it. You know, I mean, Carol yep. wanted to know. I'll tell her, mm-hmm. like, you know, just sitting around. I mean, that's what's that going to well, help? He's, yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm
1: uh, enough pussyfooting around this woman. I mean, she's she's. One of their better fighters, I'm going to get her involved. Mm -hmm. You know, before I leave, she needs to get the troops rousted up.
3: But it didn't take very much for her to be like, all right, let's do it. Like when she got back to to the kingdom, she's like, we got to fight. We got to get ready. We're fighting.
1: I think she was already going that way. I think what happened to Benjamin started her down that road already. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when she, and when she, I think
2: actually before that, when she saw Daryl and them, I think yeah. she understood what Something she had left on. behind. I think she understood, oh. you know, what she had had mm-hmm. lost. And then yeah. with with you know, additional evidence of, you know, this kid dying and then Morgan finally just saying, You know what? This is what happened. People are dying. She's like, Fuck it, we gotta get going. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean she can tell from the demeanor of Morgan, like,
1: you know, mm-hmm. this is bad news. Well you could tell also when she when she confronted Morgan earlier in the show, she was she was fighting with herself because she wanted to believe what Daryl told her, but she didn't really believe it. Right. And and that's what was getting her. The 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 fact that she really didn't believe what Daryl told her was was coming through and she was realizing, I can't keep going on like this. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. true. Because she also didn't hesitate when Morgan said, do you want to know? You know, at the end.
3: Mm-hmm. Imagine what her life would be like if she had actually just left and not looked back. She would never have known anything was going on, but she would have also been protecting herself from all this pain. Mm-hmm. So, it's like yep. she didn't want she didn't want to fully let go by staying in that house. She's keeping herself close enough oh, to yeah. the people she loved to eventually be able to protect them. Of course, or she just whatever. needed
1: she needed to stop being selfish, though. Yeah, really. The show's not all about you, Carol. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> She's regrouping. She was regrouping. We knew it all along. So the so they're going to get mobilized. They're uh the kingdom is in the fight now.
3: So when we see um when we see Morgan sitting on the porch, did mm-hmm. you see the door move a little bit? And he w- uh, no. that's when he was sharpening I, the stick. He kind of like paused and he like turned his head like he was listening to something?
1: When I watched it the second time though, Kim, there wasn't anything there.
3: Why did he, why did he pause like that? Was he, it was was
1: like, I think it was more to, I think my take on it, especially after seeing it the second time was more to say, there's some, some voices in his head still talking to him.
3: Ah, Hmm. okay.
1: You know, that there was because I I listened real carefully. There was no sound or anything that set him off. He just stopped and and turned around. So it just led me to think that, uh, all right, he's still, he's still Hmm. disturbed.
3: Yeah.
2: I would assume they probably have pretty big roaches.
1: <laughs> they have exterminators or they were carrying like away that. the food. Yeah, <laughs> in, yeah. That cottage can't be too great with uh with all that blood all over the living room. No, no. Oh at, I know. No.
2: Gross. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, bugs. You're gonna get a lot of bugs. Ugh. Nasty. The flies. The flies. Which is why he was sharpening his staff.
3: <laughs> so the little boy who played uh Benjamin's little brother. Mhm. Is actually uh, Madison Lentz's little brother. She played Sophia, Carol's daughter, on the show. Okay. Uh-huh. That's her little brother in real life.
2: Gotcha. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Keep it in contact with those folks.
3: Maxon Lintz. That's an interesting name. Maxon? Maxon. Yeah. Okay. He's he's,
2: yeah. He's Maxon. Yeah. He's going to do it good in high school. And that's it. Well,
1: on that note, we are going to take a break. And all the angels say, just before you passed away. These were the very last words that you
0: said. Please don't bury me down in the cocoa ground. No, I am gonna to have them cut me up and pass me all around. Throw my brain in a hurricane and the blind can
1: have my eyes. And the deaf can take both of my ears if they don't mind the sound. Hey, everybody, we're back. Um I think Kim wants to take over the show with her clues. No oh, no. Clues of what?
3: Blues oh, clues.
1: No. Blues clues? Yeah. All right,
2: you've been You've been hanging around the kids too long.
3: No, but when you when you watch the show a second time, you see all the little things that clue you in that something is not quite right with the whole cantaloupe exchange. So I had already mentioned that um when they are when they approach the the, lo- the arrow mm-hmm. of shopping carts, that um, Richard is walking in the back, mm-hmm. and as he starts to walk down the street, in the very far right corner, bottom corner of the screen, you see the yellow recycling bin mm-hmm. on its end,
2: mm-hmm. which they which is a flashback that uh, Morgan has. Morgan has yeah, exactly. it's like that whited, washed out flashback he has, it, and he sees that. Mm -hmm. recycling bin in the background right yeah yeah it was really cool
3: the other thing i noticed is that when they are actually taking the cantaloupes out of the garden they have them in the wheelbarrow Mm -hmm. and they're all lined up perfectly so that you can count there's three across four the four down Mm. and the one on the top right corner rolls off oh yeah and rolls to the bottom Hmm. it might Mm -hmm. not mean anything maybe it was a fluke that it happened but I thought Maybe that was Maybe it was an unsteady
1: cool. wheelbarrow? Mm. Been,
3: could have been, but I thought it was really cool.
1: Maybe it, it was an a undigested un... piece of potato? Yeah,
2: unripe <laughs> cantaloupe?
3: <laughs> did y'all notice anything?
1: Uh, I mean, the other things clues were clues? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I noticed quite a few, but I, I did not write them down, and I do not remember them at the moment. Oh, man, yeah, I didn't realize this was a test. I just know there was a lot of foreshadowing.
3: Okay, fine. I didn't write any of those down either, actually. (laughs) I just remembered them. Okay. All these little clues that are in there, it just speaks to how solid of an episode that Gimple writes. I mean, he thinks about everything.
1: Gimple brings the game.
3: He does. All the little nuances Mm -hmm. are there.
1: You know, it's funny, too. I mean, I I noticed one small detail. I mean, it was a tiny detail, but I thought it was actually kind of cool. When they went back and they showed Benjamin... On the table with the sheet over him, you—you you could actually see where someone had, with a bloody hand, had gripped the sheet and brought it over him. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so many times when you see these things, the sheet's just laying over him. There's a blood spot, you know, where they're injured or whatever. But there was a blood spot up around his head. Perfect. Which
2: yeah, it, there's details that make it more realistic.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. make the whole the whole scene more realistic. Yeah, yeah, they did a great yeah. job with that stuff in this episode.
2: Yeah, I have to, I mean, honestly, though, I, I go back to my original comment that the, the scenes themselves just felt, and maybe it's the realism, it just felt more intense mm-hmm. for this episode for some reason.
3: There were no CGI deer to no. break your concentration. Mm-hmm.
2: No, <laughs> there was no,
1: nothing like that. No.
3: CGI backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nothing.
1: Just and good old-fashioned movie making.
3: It was like the old time Walking Dead.
1: Exactly. Well,
3: Kim, Kim, what
1: was your hit of the show? Well,
3: my hit goes right along with what I was just saying. My miss last week was production. My hit this week is production. I think it was all put together really, really well. The writing was solid. The visuals were amazing. Um, The hints and the clues were spot on. And you had to watch it a second time in order to see all that, in my opinion, it was just an excellent episode, and we needed this so badly in this season because, man, it was it was getting tough there for a while, trying mm. to watch. And this just brings it all home, makes me remember why I love this show so much.
2: Stu, what did you think was your hit? My hit was um, Gavin and his performance. Mm. And I think specifically the the fact that he... Stared at the tribute the entire time that there was that intense scene, and never even looked at the people behind him, and said, "Okay, you make your decision."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think that was that made it that much more intense of a moment, because he was he was like, "All right, it's in your hands now. Hand over the guns or not." He was
1: acting like he was still completely in control of the situation. Yeah, completely. He didn't even have to look at him. He knew he knew that it was it was his situation. He knew it was going to happen. And if, if
2: it didn't happen the way it was, he wanted, he was fine. Yeah, he was fine to deal with it
1: that way, too. But it mm-hmm. was. Um, it did catch him off guard, though, that when he turned around and found that uh, Benjamin had been shot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That kind of threw him it, off his
2: game for a moment there. Well, because he didn't have control of his own guy. Right. That's the, that's the yeah, problem. Yeah. He, no he knew he had control of the, of, uh, the kingdom, he didn't right. have control of his own guy. Yep. So, but it, that was uh, uh, that moment. And I think his performance, his delivery of the lines was was great. He was it was that um, repetitive. Right now, we're gonna take care of this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right now, and then like Jared said, right now, and he's like, yes, right now. It was it was awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I agree. That was really well done.
3: What about you, Scott?
1: Uh, my my hit was um, Lenny James. I mean he he just pulled off a masterful job of acting in this he he's so good with with just minimal amount of lines and he 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 ran the full gamut on this episode and and he's just i think he's the best actor on the show to tell you the truth mm-hmm. and um and he this was definitely his episode he knocked it out of the park and I was just super impressed with 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 his facial that, actually what I wrote down for my hit was was uh morgan's face i mean just what just what he did with his emotions throughout the episode was incredible yeah well, you know the uh,
2: the one of my favorite episodes last season was what and guess? cheese
3: man yeah
2: the cheese maker, cheese maker. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: great episode, and it was completely standalone and had really nothing to do with the rest of the storyline other than your background on Morgan. And it, but it was an incredible episode. It was like its own little movie. And he
3: did not have
1: many lines in that episode. No, he did If you remember right.
3: Nope. Yep. He has been one of my favorite actors ever since he was on Jericho. Mm-hmm. Remember way back in the day?
2: Yeah, but I mean, here is his part. His his, uh, his character
1: is so much better here.
3: Well, yeah, but he's but always yeah, he been was a good. fantastic yeah. person.
1: Yeah. Yep. Well, that was my hit. Kim, how about your miss?
3: All right. So my miss is more just on the sadness factor, but also has to deal with Lenny James and Morgan. And that's the fact that he's going back to crazy town. I don't want to see Morgan go that way. And I think it's really Mm -hmm. sad that he's going that way after just one person's death. um, Because that shows you how invested he gets in people's lives. If, if he feels, you know, connected to them and I just, I feel really bad for him. I don't I don't want him to be that sad sap anymore. I want him to be the strong Morgan.
1: Do you think he's going to go back to Crazy Morgan? Or is he kind no. of just dipping his toe into Crazy I mean, Morgan a little bit? he's
3: dipping his toe in there. But it, it shows you how, again, how fragile he is. And mm-hmm. it only takes one more thing to set him over the edge. And who knows what that's going to be. And we know that he's getting ready to do a shit ton of killing. Mm-hmm. So... A Who knows? Ton. A shit ton. A whole shit ton. Who knows what's getting ready to happen for Portland? Well, you know, and
1: I think, you, I think you brought up a really good uh, description for him is, is he's a lot more fragile than people think. Yeah. He's, he's on the he's, rage, he razor's edge well. of kooky town.
2: Yeah. Well, he's been nervous. I mean, the, the entire series, though, he's been nervous of that simple mm-hmm. fact that he's mm-hmm. that fragile. That he's scared that he's gonna, he's going to turn at any point into right. into crazy morgan again. Mm-hmm. So that's why he protects himself so much in
1: every situation. Yeah. It's its biggest fear. That terrifies him is going that way. Stu, what was your what was your miss? My miss
2: was that Jerry didn't punch Jared right in the face. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> it was missed
2: They uh, okay, I mean it's not a real miss, but god I would have loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because <laughs> if you just clocked him Yes, if he, yeah, uh, Jerry's huge. He could have taken that fucker, that rat face prick out right there. <laughs> and then and we wouldn't have this situation or Benjamin died. Which can I also bring up the fact that Benjamin did die because Carol did not let him come on the walk with her. Oh, mm, I didn't That's think about harsh. that. That's yeah. a good point. Because he said, I don't have to go to this drop
3: off. Oh, man.
2: But I could, you know, I could maybe, skip it and go with you. Maybe Good that's another
3: reason why she feels so bad, and she's ready to fight because she knows she's kind of responsible for his death. Indirectly. Oh yeah, that's
2: true.
1: That's true. I didn't think about
3: that. Far, mm-hmm. But
2: yeah, yeah, could be.
1: I think could you're be. right. I think that makes that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't no, thought about that angle. Actually, actually, my real my real miss the
2: one my prepared miss was uh-huh. talking about um, how the uh, Richards dialogue was too long and his mm-hmm. little diatribe thing with uh,
0: mm.
2: Lenny James. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I didn't mind I, that too much. Eh, I beat that one to death. So I wasn't going to say that. So, yeah. Jerry should have punched somebody. <laughs> I mean, especially since I called for it on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, I wow. said, Jerry is about to beat somebody's ass right now.
3: <laughs> Knock some shit out.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to go off.
3: Maybe next episode.
2: <sighs> yeah. Maybe so. I was hoping for it. He's been too cool
1: and funny a character. <laughs> well, my miss was, um, and it's a small one. I mean really, I had a hard time finding a mess in this episode to tell you the truth, but I did think it was kind of a little strange that the rest of the kingdomers didn't come to Richard's defense when Morgan attacked him mm. because because yeah. they didn't they didn't know that Richard had done this until Morgan started telling them.
3: Well, and because you hear Gavin or somebody say, "Leave him be," or something like that yeah no, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I thought so, but I, I he did he did I don't think it was Gavin. I don't think it was Gavin.
3: Who would you think it was?
1: Someone said something, but I, I mean, when I listened to this, you know, the first time I thought he said something like, everybody freeze, but he didn't say that. And I can't remember what it is I heard them say, but it wasn't that. I think I think Gavin
2: told his guys to back off, and I think the rest of mm-hmm. them backed off because of it, though. But I would think someone would have jumped in there and tried to intercede. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it seemed it, it seemed like way too shocking an event for not for someone not to go in there and mm-hmm. be like, "What the hell is going on?" And and, and and I guess that's why I was thinking Ezekiel was it was crazy that he was so accepting of what happened, mm-hmm. based on on Morgan's explanation. Right. But even then,
3: it's not like uh, Richard died very quickly either. It took a long time for him yeah, to strangle him to death. Yeah, it was right. like,
2: oh, almost done, and he keeps gurgling, <laughs> and you are like, oh, he's not dead yet. Keep going. Lenny James is like, oh, give me another minute. <laughs> Man, my uh, hands are
1: getting tired. Yeah. Um, I need a stand-in. S- Someone come in here and help. <laughs> I need a, I need a stunt hand. Uh, but you know, again, I don't think it was a big miss. Um, it, you know, I, I'm being nitpicky when I even bring that one up. I think, uh, yeah. I think, uh, I think there was it was a great episode episode
2: was very solid and shocking and uh, entertaining, mm-hmm. for sure. And I would definitely say, as many of our listeners have said, too, that I think it was probably the best episode of the season.
3: Mm-hmm. Hell yeah.
1: And I hope it carries over into the next one when they go up to Hilltop.
3: I do, too. Gosh, if there's more crap CGI shit, I'm going to be very <laughs> pissed off. <laughs>
2: I, I don't think so. I hope not. Like, fight with, like, mountain goats or something?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my god.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope not. No, I don't see that happening. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to next week, for that matter.
3: Me too. Cool. Okay, we have a lot of listener feedback because yeah. you can guys I one, loved can it. Can
1: I mention one thing before we go into the listener feedback though that I yeah. that I heard last night that I thought was kind of interesting? Sure. I heard um, when they were on Talking Dead, they were talking about the fact how Lucille has started making inroads into different shows. Yeah. And they mentioned um they mentioned uh the Big Bang theory. Uh-huh. So I went back and watched this week's episode and yeah, it's in there. I mean, they have a scene where uh where the one character thinks that Raj is is a burglar and he runs into the room and he's holding Lucille in his hands.
3: Oh no oh, way. That's, that's funny. funny. Yeah. Yeah, and then Supernatural Lucille's sitting on the table when the two sons are are talking.
2: Oh really? Huh. Okay.
3: Well, cuz JDM used to be on Supernatural as their dad.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That was
3: like his big thing before he did The Walking Dead. That's what he's known for.
2: You know yeah. what I think is interesting, actually, about Lucille? What? You know what else other person's favorite thing
3: was named Lucille? Elvis. No. Uh, no, 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 no. Not Elvis. A uh, keep. B.B. Keep King.
2: B.B. King's guitar was <laughs> named That's Lucille. Right. Uh-huh. Yes. That's true. <laughs>
3: Whatchamadoodle?
2: <him> Whatchamadoodle? <laughs> Uh, I don't know the relevance, but that's true. Well, I don't. I don't. I wonder if that had some influence on it, you know, on why was, it was named Lucille. Yeah, why the bat was yeah. named Lucille.
3: I've thought mm-hmm. of that too.
2: Cool. All right, Kim, feedback.
3: Okay, we have a ton of listener feedback this week because obviously you guys really enjoyed this episode. A shit ton. A shit ton of feedback. A shit
1: ton. Fan mom said, "Great episode. I love Morgan. His emotional journey is fascinating to me. I'm curious to see how or if this will change him." Oh, yeah. Here we go. Writes Bonjour. I'm loving every second, and there
2: is no such thing as a slow start in TWD. See you at uh, the 1000th episode. (laughs) Wow. What are we at now?
3: God, I don't even know.
2: (laughs) Is that going to be based on seasons? I hope so. Uh, yeah, like 700, blah, 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 for season seven. We'll see.
3: <laughs> Dakara said, I enjoyed this episode. It had a slow pace, but I feel it worked well with all the intense and emotional moments acting on point.
1: Nice. Exactly. Um, L wrote, shut up, Jerry. <laughs> 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 oh, that's all you need to
2: say. That's uh, said, all, said everything. <laughs> Pirate Jenny said, hold on. Jovial Jerry has an injury.
3: What the fuck?
2: Oh, I'm sorry, WTF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what the fuck?
3: <laughs> Lady Dixon KR said, it's time for war. Gotta act.
2: Misty Rain said, they all get it now, exclamation <laughs> point.
3: Yeah, they do. David Valentine said, hated the episode. What? Well, no. To what? kill someone by hand strangulation takes minutes. While a bunch of people stand and look. Also, the death of that kid was enough to propel Carol and Morgan to war, while the death of their friends was not enough. Fear the Walking Dead at least makes logical plot points. This season has deviated into Zombie Nation territory. Oh, I don't know about Zombie Nation.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's taking there. it. I, yeah, I he's mean, got, he's I, got good points, though. He does have good he, points. He does have good points, but I mean, I think part of the reason why Mo- Morgan gets, gets motivated is because he's invested in this kid, Benjamin. I mean, he's, he's starting to think of him as like his son and, Mm -hmm. uh, the other people from Alexandria and all, while he's, it's horrible that they lost them and so forth. He's kind of distanced from that.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's no longer close to them.
2: Yeah. No. And like, like we said earlier, I mean, he opened himself up to, to this kid and, and kind of, um, teaching, progressing this kid's training, all that sort of thing. And, and to lose him all of a sudden, it's like, uh, Here's the guy well, that, that caused it. So. Right, and,
1: and also, I mean, keep in mind, too, it wasn't until Morgan told Carol about Glenn and, and and Abraham and so forth that she got mobilized. Right.
3: Eileen Veltkamp wrote to us on Facebook and said, So far, I've enjoyed all the episodes in the back half, but last night's episode was by far my favorite, probably my favorite this entire season. It's amazing what Lenny James can do, and the script allows him to act to his full ability. I also realized how much Carol's Go But Not Go reminds me of Morgan's Here Not Here from Season 6. From the looks of it, we have both Carol and Morgan back in fighting mode. Thank goodness. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Agree. Here, here. Here, here.
3: And this next tweet has to do with our previous episode on About Say Yes.
2: Mobile Dada said, Mmm, Scott. Why you gotta call Rosita a bitch, man? Not very feminist of you on International Women's Day, of all things. This was in our last podcast. That's yes. that's
1: that's a that's a good note. I I, I appreciate that. Um, I really she was should kinda have been. Be, a she's d- kind of being a bitch, though. She she was kind of being a bitch, but and, and, but uh, yeah, you know, hey, I I I'm I'm all for the feminist. It's not an issue for me. Um, but yeah, I, thank you for calling me out on it. I apologize.
2: I actually replied back to mobile data and said, um, maybe Scott, she was being more of a dick. and i did get a little bit of positive yes that's i guess that's true
3: all right mobile dada went on to say it's interesting you say that junkyard people have devolved to preschool because isn't saving time or words evolving isn't that text speak
2: i don't know that's a good thing (laughs) yeah i mean it's a good point it is a good point it is a good point yeah but it's yeah
1: it's um it's still devolving.
3: I would like a few adverbs and verbs here and there Yes, when I'm speaking.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's kind of almost a little bit of lazy speak, too.
3: I agree. Mm-hmm.
1: Where you don't feel like going through the whole uh,
2: sentence.
3: Yeah. I think people we should... start
2: spelling out acronyms to you as like an answer.
1: And you're like, what the exactly. fuck was that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, you got any news for us? Yes. She's got a lot.
0: There's Sweet. a
3: ton of news.
2: If you could see the pile of news she has. Can you get through that in this episode? Really? Yeah,
3: I can. I okay. Can. The deal is South by Southwest just happened this past weekend. Yes. yes. Plus, all of our actors are over in London because they just had the Walker Stalker London So you own event. these actors now? No. Okay. But, so there's a lot going on right now. So there's a lot of news and information coming out. So mm-hmm. speaking of London, Nicotero, Norman Reedus, and Christian Serratos... We're over in London, and they had a roundtable discussion and with a bunch of media, and Nicotero was asked how the show's producers feel about fan reaction to this season and if their reaction will affect the future of the show. Nicotero replied, We're absolutely dedicated to telling the story we want to tell. I don't know any artist that would ever want to be influenced by somebody saying, Well, you used the wrong color on that painting. Really? That's the color that it is. Basically, he's saying, No. Fuck you. We're doing mm-hmm. what we want
2: to do. Yeah, but they're still. I mean, it's it's different though. It's not a painting. It's not a personal. I mean, it's not as much a personal thing for them. You know. I mean, it's they they do react to. They reacted to. They even admitted to
1: reacting That's, to
2: to the first episode of mm-hmm. of this season. That's what
1: I was going I think you caught. I think you caught uh, at a bad time on that one. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he they do. they, they listen to them. I mean, the shows they are evolving toned it down. They're evolving yeah, as they totally. go along, so sure they're going to play off of what the fans are thinking.
3: Yeah. Um, during the same panel, Christian Serratus was asked about Rosita's aggression, especially towards Sasha this season, and she replied, with Senequa, who plays Sasha. For instance, we're so close, so getting to be a little salty towards her is fun. We cut, and we just giggle and play, and that's what is great, that we're just comfortable enough with each other that we're allowed to play and know that we're going to get a good result. So it sounds like they're just super good friends, and they are actually having fun being mean to each other. Okay. And they can just have fun with it, make fun of themselves. Rosita (laughs) seems bitter. Rosita's very bitter. I mean, not only did she lose her man, but then he—the man—was killed. Mm-hmm.
1: So I won't say I won't say she's a bitch, but I will say she's not nice. <laughs> she's not. She's good. That's same, why Scott. I said she's kind of a dick.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm—I'm I'm afraid that she's going to get both of them killed now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Next episode, possibly. Yeah.
3: Maybe by the end of the season. That leads me to my next one, which. Spoiler alert there could be some spoilery things in this one, so if if you don't want to hear it, just move past hands over ears Nicotero also revealed that there will be some major deaths in the season finale, which you know honestly, if there weren't, that would be a bad thing, probably so. He said the first half of the season, we watched all of our characters ground into the dirt and the effect that Glenn and Abraham and then, of course, Spencer and Olivia, their deaths had on everybody. The first half of the season was hard to swallow, and it's difficult to watch your hero under the heel of somebody so despicable as Negan. But that was a necessary evil to watch where we're going, which is to see these people with a clear purpose. Rosita's purpose, Daryl's purpose, which is to take their lives back at any cost. The second half of the season has already clearly indicated that path in that direction and the momentum is building. Scott Gimple has also confirmed there will be multiple deaths in the finale. Mm -hmm. So.
2: Well, yeah, they're going to kill Rosita and Sasha are probably going to be held out until the end. We got, what, three more episodes? Yeah. And, um, well, Carl's going to lose another eye.
3: (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Wonder if the baby dies. Um,
2: Ju- Judith? Judith. No, no. What? No, not? you can't. No. That would be a bad move. It could happen.
0: It could happen.
2: That would be a really bad story move. Totally. And just marketing <laughs> generally. That would be a bad move.
3: They've killed other children. They can kill a baby.
2: They're not okay. going to kill a baby. Even though Judith really has not been like introduced into the the storyline other than somewhat and, of you know Rick's kid. He barely even Judith is Judith with cannot
1: her. carry a line. I mean it's just too ter- no. beautiful. Yeah, That's yeah. some terrible acting.
2: Looks I don't like think she's ever had it, I don't
1: think she ever had a line. I know, not even a like joke. a A crying?
2: talk gugu gigi, or anything.
3: Hmm.
1: <laughs> Maybe it's cuz she can't.
3: All right. In more yeah. exciting news, the Walking Dead, the Telltale series, A New Frontier, this is the third episode of the game, um, this one's called Above the Law, will re- will be released on March 28th. I'm so excited. Yay. This is the newest game in the series featuring Clementine, and this time she is featured as a teenager, like around 13, 14 years old mm-hmm. or so. Okay. And introduces the new character, Javi.
2: Javi? Javi. Javi. Have you been uh, playing these games? Yes. You have?
3: Yes. They're really cool adventure games. You get to choose your own, like, you know, direction you want to go.
2: Choose your own adventure.
3: Choose your own adventure.
2: That explains a lot, Kim. Okay. Next.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving out of The Walking Dead realm. It was revealed at South by Southwest this weekend that season two of Preacher will premiere on Monday, June nineteenth. And AMC has released several new photos of the next season. I'm excited. Like thirteen photos. I want to
2: see it. Yep, and I'm it excited. Looks
3: pretty awesome.
2: Okay, here's the issue though. When's when's uh, Fear coming back?
3: So Fear has been announced also for June, but really? they don't. They haven't announced an actual date yet. So, so that's be weird. overlapping.
1: I don't think so i can't imagine that
3: well this was going to be on a monday and fear will be on sunday they'll definitely be on at the same time mm. so we're gonna to have to figure out what we're gonna do
2: <laughs> yes we will
3: <laughs> so but it's weird that they would be starting in june for fear of the walking dead and not right after the walking dead ends yeah
2: so that means there's gonna be a few months off so what are they doing Oh, are they focusing on that other show? Yeah, The Badlands. The Into the oh, Badlands.
3: Maybe. Cuz that gotta, comes back next week.
2: God, I hope not. That was terrible. It seems it seemed, because it seemed that like means, it was very successful before.
3: That means The Talking Dead will be an hour late again.
2: Because when they forced everybody to watch it for an entire season, it was extremely successful. It
3: was. Everybody loved it.
2: Yeah, to the point where they had to take it off the air for like 2 years.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Gad. Dun, dun, da,
3: dun. <laughs> All right. Also at South by Southwest, they debuted a trailer for it. Nice. Really? Yes. And apparently it was amazing. Stephen, Stephen King's, King's it. it. It's going they to be also, the
1: the first episode, which is the, the Losers Club.
3: Yes. They also announced the release date will be September 8th. Nice. <clears throat> so we'll definitely need to review that when it comes out.
1: Oh, most definitely.
3: In Game of Thrones news, producers have confirmed that the final season will only have six episodes. And the last four episodes are gonna be written by the showrunners David Benioff and Dan Weiss. Are they so, on their last season? Well, they've got season seven coming up in July, I think it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, July sixteenth is when that premieres, and then they have the the last season will be next summer. Really? So this uh, season seven that's coming up this summer is only going to have seven episodes. The next one's going to have six. Most of the time they have ten.
1: Why are they killing it?
3: It's just gone too long.
1: Viewership Plus, dropping off?
3: It's No, no, not at all. But it's taken them too long to write the damn thing. Mm. George R.R. R. Martin. Yes. The man might die before he finishes it.
1: Yeah, I would say so. He's a good guy. I met him one time. He really is a very nice man. Really? Yeah.
3: At a book signing? Uh
1: huh. Well,
3: that's cool. Yep. It's also been confirmed that British pop musician Ed Sheeran is gonna be has been cast for season seven. So no clue as to what he's gonna play or how many episodes he's gonna be on, but that'll be cool to see him. And apparently they invited him on as a guest star just because one of the other actresses really likes him. She's a big fan. It's the girl who plays Arya Stark. So and speaking of which, Sophie Turner and Maisie Williams, who play Sansa and Arya Stark, are going to appear together on a carpool karaoke. And this time it's not going to be the one with James Corden, though. I guess they're spinning it off and Apple Music is going to have their own version of carpool karaoke. So no James Corden, but should be good. I'm kind of excited. If you say so. I like carpool karaoke.
2: Okay, Same. I'm all into it.
3: It's fun. Mm
0: hmm. (laughs)
1: Well, next week, we'll be reviewing Season 7, Episode 14, The Other Side. Uh, The saviors visit the hilltop unexpectedly, surprising everyone with plans of taking more than supplies.
3: Hmm. Mm. So they're going to try to take some women, maybe?
1: Concubines.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Load them up. Cantaloupe.
3: Gorgeous people. We don't know who.
1: Maybe cantaloupes, yeah. Maybe they're, they're a little upset about not getting all their cantaloupe.
3: And no information has been released yet about who is writing this episode or directing it. So, fingers crossed, it's quality. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping.
2: Hmm. Yeah. It's not just some guy they pulled off the street.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They're like, you know what? We knocked it out of the park on the last one. This one. We can coast on this one. <laughs> We're going cheap. <laughs> Gimbal, go on vacation for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> you get one episode a, a season, two maybe
0: mm. yeah
2: he looked pretty confident on that couch yeah, he at did. the talking Dead at the end he was like uh, yeah you know i did this one
3: mhm he's always confident
2: i hope he that means he's going to do some more
3: he seems like a cool guy like the kind of guy you'd want to go out and get a beer yeah, with yeah
2: he seems like actually relatively down to earth mhm um which is probably why there's like little snippets of comedy that mm-hmm. are put in there too like jerry you can have your cobbler
1: <laughs> I really I really do think I like his his directed episodes and written episodes better than uh, Nickitaro's of yeah. the truth.
3: Well, Nicotero has directed quite a few episodes this season. I know. I know. Which is kind of surprising.
2: Well, cuz well with Gim- the quality, I mean. Gimple is more, I mean, obviously his background is more about the story. His background is more about the writing and the dialogue and and Not to take anything away from Nicotero, but that is not his true specialty. His specialty is special effects. Yeah, he's been around movies and stuff, you know, his entire career. But he's not necessarily a writer. No, but a writer, um, a writer from a creative standpoint visualizes an environment, you know, and Nicotero puts the environment together.
3: And this director was Ulrich Riley. He directed The Cell, too, the one where uh, th- um, Daryl is locked in the cell with. That's Easy Street, isn't it?
0: Yes. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yes. That one was messed
3: that up. That was the Easy Street one. Yeah. So.
2: Hopefully he's not bringing that same music.
3: Ugh. I, I
1: predict <laughs> we hear it at least one time. Before the end of this season.
3: Uh, Maybe we'll hear it as we're going out on the season finale.
1: I almost uh, played it again in the podcast,
2: and I was like, no, nah, I can't even do that to our listeners. Uh, I'm not doing it.
3: You know you can get it as a ringtone now.
1: Really? Well, phone. that's great.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Can you get uh, it as, like, a torture device? Please, please don't don't mention that out there, because people might go and get it, and then I'll have to hear it when their phone goes off.
3: Yeah, be in my like, like, oh, classroom.
2: Hilarious. I you're like,
3: would, God damn it. I was thinking of getting it and assigning it to, like, my mom or something all right <laughs> thanks for listening to the fear me podcast you can download our episodes from your favorite podcasting site and you can find us on twitter at fear me pod on facebook at facebook slash fear me podcast and on the web at fear me podcast.com or you can email us at fear me podcast at com. thanks for listening everyone good night
2: good night, good night.
1: Do you guys want to shut up now?